Hey folks, it's time for another episode of the High Power Archery Podcast. This week we have a special guest with us. We have Tim Zelenka. He's the creator of a Red Dot Bow site. Um, some of you have heard of the Red Dot sites before. Um, you've seen them on guns before, but he's actually found a way to get it on a bow. Now, that's been tried before. I don't think it really worked out the last time. However, this one that he's got, we actually got a, our hands on a copy of it, and um, we gave it a try, and it's some pretty surprising results with it. But anyway, uh, let's cut right to it, and we'll get Tim on here. Uh, so, Tim, thanks for joining us on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the site? Because I, I tell you, we, you know, when I first heard about it, I was like, okay, that's different. I remember seeing something similar to it, you know, a few years back. But it, I think it was always odd about the way it was bolted to the bow or how you adjusted it. And then uh, when when I chatted with you and, and I fir- first got the information, you know, you were kind enough to send us over one to test. Um, and we got, you know, after the bad weather and some of the other stuff that was going on, we finally got the girls to try it. And uh, I'll tell you, one of them really, really, she really took to it like a fish to water. It was kind of crazy. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit how, how your site works and, you know, what, what makes it different and uh, how you came about doing something like this because I'm sure people want to hear about it, and we actually want people to get their, get their chance to see what it does. So uh, why don't you just start right there? Well, we've back, been actually shooting a red dot for probably 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Claude Pollington, you know, he had Oneida bows, and he was the guy that really started it all. And But he just didn't have a good adjustable version of it. And so finally, I came across the right guy that could kind of help us, you know, design and develop it. Um, And that was probably a year and a half ago. And um, so the the adjustable part of it, um, that's where that came from. But just the red dot, you know, how that works and shooting it, as you probably have found out, um, you don't need a peep sight. No, you don't. So you just... You just center the dot. It takes away a lot of little things that you always have to think about. It doesn't make it simple, you know, like without having to, you know, still put some thought into it. You still have to use some good form, Mm -hmm. but it definitely takes away a lot of little things that you continually have to think about. If you torque the bow, you can't see the dot. Yeah, that, that was the biggest thing that we noticed about it because the one common problem that I see as a coach is people, when they when they torque a bow and they're looking through a regular peep, they don't really see that. I mean, if you got a, 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 a sight with a big cup on it or something like that, then you'll see it when you torque it a little bit more. But with a red dot, basically you're looking through it, and if you torque it, it disappears on you. So, so it, like, it's an instant indicator of what's going on. Plus, I think the, the thing that we really noticed about it was without having to go and look for that peep sight that's there, people were able to grab it and say, okay, then I, I'm right in on there and there's no issue and they can see it. And they act, the target acquisition was so much faster with this. It was really incredible how, how they got that going. Yeah, you know, everything you read about a red dot, whether it's putting on an AR or uh, a pistol, you know, target acquisition is huge because we're leaving both eyes open and we're just staring, we're just looking at the target. We're not going, you know, through a peep sight to a pin to the target in this little bit of back and forth just to get set up. We just look at the target and, and put the dot in front of us. Yeah, it uh, 
it, I, I find a, a couple of things I, I noticed about it. One, you know, some sites when, when we get them and we, we check them out, like they're, they're not manufactured very well. So in your case, you're dealing with a standard red dot scope that you have on there. And it's a quality scope and you have a couple of different options for that. But it's the mounting that you have for it that it's like truly, really, really machined well on there. It's not some cheap piece of plastic or anything like that. This thing, you know, I tried it on a light bow, which they were shooting a 40-pound bow. And then I put it on my um, my NTN uh, bow from PSE. And that thing, I have it set at 70. And there was no difference with it when, when I... Uh, you know, when we shot it, vibration, I, the first thing I look for is if the vibration is going to shake something apart. I mean, nothing happened with it. It was just rock solid. I didn't see any movement or anything. And I'm sure they with all the testing you did. That was one of the important things you were looking for. Yeah. You know, even if it, when it was earlier built on a fixed mount, it's just tough. It's like having a scope on a rifle. You could carry it by the scope and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but we, we went through a lot of stuff on the design with that, um, kind of the, with the dovetail stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably have one of the slightly earlier ones and we, I think we've tweaked them a little since then and, and we've tightened up that, yeah. um, we just tiny changes by less than a thousandth. And, um, we call that a bearing surface that it slides on. Mm-hmm. We, we, we changed that slightly just so it's the detents take it up and make it rock solid. But I think it's even better now than it was. Really? So now you just told me you went to uh, which show that you go to to show this off at. Yeah, we we were at the Iowa Deer Classic, and and that was our first big show with you know with COVID, we couldn't really do much. But the the thing that we thought we would struggle with the most was have converting people from having a peep site. Yeah, and and to our surprise, a hundred percent of the people would get rid of a peep site if they had a better option, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> that was just we were like oh totally it, it didn't take us totally by surprise but just really that we knew we were on the right track <laughs> and so you know the biggest thing is that like you know convincing people who have grown up you know shooting with a peep sight that okay now you can go ahead and do the opposite of what you've learned where you can shoot it without a peep sight and they're like no there's no way that's going to work and then i explained to him i said it, with with the people that i teach because generally I I teach my kids to shoot a recurve first, which has no peep, and then they graduate to something like a compound with a peep. And I say, okay, just think of your principles that you were using before, where you're going to find your anchor and go from there. And you don't have a peep sight in there, but now the red dot's going to be your anchor because if you can't see it, you're not in the right place. And as long as you remember all your principles, everything should be fine. It should be actually faster. And they pick it up really fast. Yeah. You know, right, right from the onset when I was in college and, and we went up to, to Marion, Michigan, and you listen to Claude Pollington explain and his thing, this is the closest thing to shooting instinctive. And, and you'd think, well, how could a red dot possibly be close to instinctive? But it's just because we're looking at our target and things just really become natural. Yeah. Um, that, that was the biggest thing that we noticed. I mean, I've been shooting pin sights for ages and I shoot target. So shooting target, I'm used to something with a single pin in there, but I'll tell you when, when I drew it back, 
and I had taken the peep out of my bow in order to do it. And I'm going to put some some pictures um, when I put like a little website article together for it. I'll put some pictures of what the bow looks like with it on there or not. Um, I just couldn't get over. Okay, I, I thought I was going to have a problem like looking to one side of the string or the other, and all of a sudden when I when I draw it back, I'm like I'm looking at the at the dot, and I'm not even c- looking at where the string is, which was kind of strange to me. But I was able to pick something up so fast that it was I I could see using this like when you're turkey hunting or something like that just to be able to zero in so quick because sometimes they come running in. And when they do that, you're like, well, the first thing they tell you is you can't just go ahead and swing a bow like that. But part of that problem is you have to line up everything and then try to acquire your target. This just makes it so much faster that I I think you can just go right to it and and be as fast as you need to be. And I'm sure that when you're at this this Deer Classic, people are probably looking at it and be like, yeah, there's no way that would work. And then you really convince them when they get a look through it. Yeah, they'd look through it. We took people to shoot it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had six bows there, you know, from you know, we had Matthews Prime, we had some Oneida bows. Um, I don't know what else we had there, but we had, we had some of everything. And, you know, the way we set that up where the string doesn't come in the glass yeah. of the of the site, it's uh-huh. just off the edge. Yeah. And we do that with every setup. So it doesn't matter whose bow you grab. Yeah. There could be some tiny di- changes if one guy just has the grip a little different, but for the most part, Every bow is sighted in just like a gun. So you could pick up any one with a red dot. Yeah. And you're gonna, your anchor will be in the same spot because we're making everything's parallel to that riser in the string. Yeah. And it's just the same. So in most of our tests that we ran on it, we were, we were practicing 20, 30, 40 yards, and we really had no issues at all as far as getting used to it, shooting it. Um, and for the most part in the Northeast, most people's, you know, distance they're going to be shooting is going to be in the 20 yards to 30 yard range. And in most cases up here in the Northeast, it's a lot less than 20. So the fact that you can offer something that has target acquisition almost instant on there and that it's something they can really, it's, I don't know, I call it idiot proof because there's very little that can go wrong with this sort of thing. But what's the furthest that you think someone could legitimately shoot with this um, if they were to stretch it out there? You know, I think with with my hunting setups and, and most guys, let's say you're shooting 65 pounds mm-hmm. and, and you're using a good hunting arrow that's, you know, 500 grains or 550, that's, um, you're probably going to get to 65 yards. And in, in most hunting situations, will you ever shoot that far? Probably not unless you're yeah. out west with an elk or something. But, you yeah. know, there's, there's a few guys that are big hulks shooting, you know, more boundage and, and they're getting out a little bit further. You can change to a little bit different scope, and and with a uh, like a crosshair in it, yeah, that could give you a little bit more aiming points. But <clears throat> for the most part, probably in a, in a hunting situation, it, it's going to get you out farther than you need to be. Well, I think that the thing that was a little strange to me about it, and strange in a good way actually, is like okay, with a regular bow sight, I have to go ahead and I have to pick out my pin, know my distance, and I'm shooting. For some reason, this one, when we set it up, and it happened the first time with the girls as well, because what I did was I put out a target at 20 yards, another target at 33, and another target at 40. And each time, they were able just to put it right on there and and literally drop drop it on the center of the target without really thinking about, okay, how far is it trying to range it? 
And I found that to be really, really interesting about that thing. Do you find that with everybody who shoots this thing or not? Yeah. It is, as far as even though they click it to the new distance. Yeah. Well, what we, if you look at that, that site, when it's actually moved, it, it doesn't, it's like a, you know, a single pin slider, but it doesn't move straight up and down. Mm-hmm. It moves on the arc. Yeah. And that arc, that arc is what keeps it aligned with your eye. So yeah. no matter if you're shooting at 20 or 50, you never know it. It's no different. Yeah. It, it and was, it just looks yeah. like the dots on the target. Yeah, it, it, it looks so the, – the, that's the biggest difference because when I'm – even when I'm shooting with a slider, sometimes you can tell, depending on the thickness of the scope, like that you're actually shooting at a further distance because the, the angle of the couple look a little different. But with that, it was like, okay, the target picture is exactly the same. I was looking at it 20 as I'm looking at it 40, which yeah. I found that to be, like, outrageous. I was like, wow, that's that's different. That's really, really different. And uh, it handled very, very well with no, I mean, it was exceptional on, on the aiming. And the, the thing that I really noticed was I, I had one of, one of my girls, um, had, her name is Gina when she was shooting it. I, and she's 12. And when it comes to testing stuff with, with kids, I usually use her because if there's a way to break it, she'll do it. But I said, okay, yeah. just do me a favor. Just she she's kind of like a little machine gun sometimes she'll fire so fast that you know she just goes ahead and she'll just start throwing them out there without really concentrating on what she's doing and if she does that on something that she doesn't understand she'll get really really bad grouping on it but she tried doing that at first like firing as fast as she could and she was grouping them perfectly at 40 she was hitting like maybe an inch inch and a half group a piece you know around and when she started really concentrating, it got even tighter. And I'm like, okay, so it's something where she's acquiring her target much faster. She's she's really, really nailing it. And the thing that normally these kids have a problem with, and most adults, which is why when we tested the EZV, we had a lot of success with it, was their target acquisition was fast. So with this, your target acquisition is lightning fast as well. And you don't really lose sight of the target for any reason. I mean, you're seeing it right on there. And I think there's something about having that red dot on there that that just does. Yeah, that and, and just it's a little easier to shoot with both eyes open. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the other thing. They didn't even notice that they were shooting with both eyes open, which I found. And I shoot both eyes open when I'm shooting a regular bow through a peep. And I did it with right. this, and I was like immediate. I was like, okay, um, this is really, really different because normally when I shoot with both eyes open, I still have to focus a little bit, but the focus yeah. was immediate on this. I was like, this is this is wild. This is really, really strange um, for me anyway. Strange in a good way, that's for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So what kind of reactions did you get when you were at the show with these? You know, our biggest thing is, it was just like, I would, just to quote some stuff, like people are like, that, that's amazing. You know, <laughs> that's so fun. It's, that makes it fun. Yep. And we would take, we had a little room we could go shoot in with these. And we took kids over there, older people, and and they were just shooting bullseyes and they never had shot it before. And I think they just like, it's just, it's too easy. Yeah. Yeah. We, a guy at the show bought a, a Matthews V3, came over to us. We, we put a sight on it and we took him over and, and I can almost sight it in you know, before we even start shooting it, because you know what the dot, where it should, you know, 
look like. Yeah. And it was great. And he, he texted me today. He brought it home. His kids had never shot a bow before. They started shooting it and they were immediately hooked. And he said, I need two more. Really? So it's it just, I mean, for someone that's never shot before that has no bad habit. Yeah. That we can say just center the dot. Wow. They immediately start having good form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I couldn't believe how fast the, the kids picked up on it. And, you know, when when I'm I'm trying new stuff out, a lot of people are like, well, just, you know, they usually just try it with someone who's like the most familiar they have, as they call it, with, with trying new stuff. And I'm like, I go the opposite way. I try it with someone who has no idea what, what this thing is and go ahead and try it. And when they first saw it, they, they, they thought it because I, I kept it in the car and I pulled it out of the car and they and the bow was already assembled and like, they thought that that was something out of like science fiction when they saw it. Like, what is that? And I'm like, uh, well, this is our new Terminator site. That's what I call it. I said, here's the Terminator site. I want you to try it. Tell me what you think. And they saw that little red eye and they're like, oh, oh. And then all of a sudden it went from the, huh, what is that to the cool effect. And they're like, oh, I want to try it. No, I want to try it. And I had three of them try it out and all of them were like, oh, Okay, I think that I want to change my site, Coach. I'm like, hold on, not just yet, <laughs> not just yet. Yeah. Um, but they they were thrilled with it. Um, but I'm sure you probably had all the traditionalist people who like are used to regular sites, you know, looking at it like, oh, there's another quirky invention that's not going to go anywhere. But like you said, <laughs> once they try it, they're like, oh, maybe you got something here. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. You know. Um, I think out of the, we talked to a lot of people and my wife said we had one person that just said, now I'll stick with my pins, but, <laughs> uh, it, but that was it. So um, we kind of were like, all right, we're on the right track. You know, out here we're, we're heading into Turkey season in another month and a half. So I'm, I'm kind of sure that, uh, that'll be the first thing that, that this is, you know, once you start selling a few of them, people are going to look to use this for, cause Turkeys, like I said, they're, yeah. they're the next thing coming up, and I can see using one of these on, on a boat to really make a difference for it and make it go fast. And actually, um, I'm going to take the one that you sent me, and I'm going to strap down on my bow. I have a, another bow that I'll be using just for the turkey season, and I'm going to put it on there and do some some practice with it uh, with the turkeys and see how that goes. You know, setting it for a moderate distance, maybe 20, 25, and see how that works out. And then uh, come – come the opener i want to have that thing on my bow to try it out and see how it goes um i think you're going to see a lot of people using it like that at first um it's just so so easy people with vision problems are going to be the ones who probably look at this thing and say hey maybe this is something we we, we saw that a lot at the show yeah you know guys that had some vision issues and and they were trying to use i don't you know their peep or clarifiers or stuff and uh you know we're actually we're heading back out to kansas you know to do some stuff out there where we hunt and we've got to stop back in Des Moines mm-hmm. and uh, hook some more people up that didn't get them at the show. <laughs> so they, they just didn't have their bows there. And, and so I said, well, let's just meet up and I'll put them on for you. So, so ha- have you seen a growth in the amount of sales you have for the thing as, as the word spreads about it right now or not? You know, slightly. Um, I mean, the response is huge. Yeah. Um, you know, not everyone wants to, you know, some people, you just have to plan to spend $500 on a bow site. Yeah. So, um, we understand that, that, and, but now's the time where 
we're going to start seeing that, you know, just. Just pop right out there. And and the, the thing is that, you know, when, when Garmin came out and they were selling a site for a thousand dollars, a lot of people didn't think that they were going to sell a lot of them too, but based on something where, you know, it could change things for people, I think you'll find a lot more people are willing to cross that barrier who may want to get it and spend that kind of money. But the first question I would yeah. have is, can you just buy the mount by itself if you already have a, a red dot scope? Would it work with a scope that you already have? Yeah, you, you can. If you want to uh, just buy the mount, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And any any tube style red dot. Okay. You know, we, it's thirty millimeter, mm-hmm. so we we have four different size rings based on the. We kind of go on the thickness of your riser, which rings we're going to use. Okay. Um, we're working on some stuff right now. We three D printed some, like a um, a Picatinny rail. Yeah. Because they're they're really we're using ultra dot scopes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a great competition pistol scope. So the the electronics in them. Yeah. Are just tough, so they can withstand, um, you know, the shock from a pistol. Mm-hmm. So you, you're really, you're, you're not going to kill this scope, but there isn't any other options. Yeah, there's no unless you have an old Citron or maybe an old Tasco or something. Uh-huh. But a lot of the there is a few other options, but they've got like built in. Yeah, because that's the first thing when I, when I was talking to people at the range. Because I mean, even now with this cold weather, when I was out there, I mean it's. You know, it, it was freezing, whatever. And my indoor range, when I, when I showed some people uh, the site over there, the first thing that came to mind is like, can I take my scope off my shotgun and stick it on this thing? And then one guy was looking at the rings. He's like, you know, I think my shotgun scope actually fits on this because he, he has a red dot on it as well. He's like, I think it actually fits. I'm like, I'm not sure yeah, we, it's the same we've one. Got, and, and uh, you know, one size in 33s, mm-hmm. they actually make a, a 25 millimeter Ultra dot does real tiny little red dot. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty cool, also. Um, so, because I can now the the whole site is it CNC machine? Do you do all this on your own, or you you send them out to get done? I mean, that's like we 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 do it all. My my partner in it owns Dynamic Machine. Uh huh. So, yep, we do all the CNC. It's not sixty one sixty aluminum. Okay. And it's quite a process. It it you look at it, you're like, oh, it looks so simple, but. Uh, you know, we got a machine one side of it, then the other, then one side of the base, then the other. And, yeah, because like when I spoke to Aaron at EZV, that was always his main challenge, you know, get, getting the dies made or go ahead and doing some CNC machining to something. It's an investment in the machining, and it's an investment in a lot of different things. Yeah, even the knob, is that's a Delron plastic, uh-huh. so it's, it's tough. But we machine that, that's not injection molded. Really? Because even the, to- the tolerances on that knob are tight. and. Uh, there's um, my my partner who owns the machine shops, the big you know pistol shooter, yeah. and that was our one of our huge things. Is it's got to be tough and it's got to be simple, but the, we can't you know skimp a bit on the quality. Mm-hmm. So we we don't just anodize, anodize it; we hard anodize it so the surface is hard as steel. Yeah, and and that's not going to wear off. So I, I guess, you know, looking at this thing, that, that was the first thing. Now, I'm kind of rough when it comes to equipment, especially when I'm testing it. So one of the first things that I did was that I, I have this white uh, grease pen that I use, and I actually marked the grease pen for where all the screws were, and I said, okay, fine. We've marked the line across it. Now we're going to shoot it, I think, after like the 60th or 70th shot. We go and we look to see if any of the screws had turned or any, if anything had come loose. 
and they were right on the nose. They did not move in. It's like a, not like I had thread lock on there or anything. No, literally nothing moved. And that was true from the 40 pound bow to my knock on bow and that shooting at 70. I mean, nothing. Now I can tell you right now, I've put two and $300 bow sights on these, on these bows. Um, and the screws always move. I mean, all kinds of stuff usually comes loose unless I thread lock them or I, I put some beeswax in there to try to hold them tight. Yet this thing, nothing moved on it at all. And it, I, I think, you know, with all your testing, you probably come to 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 make certain that all your tolerances were there where that wouldn't be something something that had that had to be worried about. Yeah, we we only had one issue in all our the testing stuff where the knob uh-huh. and that screw. But yeah. it really came with shooting an eighty pound bow with a really light arrow. Yeah, you shake it apart anyway. But uh, you know, it was just it was that was you know, too much, but it only happened on that one bow. And since then we, we've kind of, we've really tweaked that knob a little bit to try to, it's a fine line with, with that knob because it's like a clock gear in there mm-hmm. and we need a certain amount of backlash, like within the differential. So we don't bind up. Yeah. But, uh, and I guess the, the main thing that, uh, you know, when, when I, when I do all this, I tested it to see, you know, what it was going to do. Was it going to vibrate out? Like I said, I wanted to see if the screws are going to move because the biggest thing that I've seen when people invest in something or they throw another site on there is they don't want to be walking around or have this thing in a case or something like that. And then only to find out when they get there, you know, they, they've practiced all this time. They take a shot and they miss why, because something moved on them. And that's always a concern. And even with the most expensive sites, stuff t- does move. But this thing seems to lock in and stay where, where you left it. Um, it's very simple to to see, actually, if anything moved on it. it like I said, you, you built the frame on this thing really, really well. It's a quality piece of work on there. And, you know, I... I, I tell people like if I don't if I don't like something I'm not going to say good things about it and it's the same thing I told Aaron with the ESV like I'm trying this thing out I want to see how it works and if it's great I'll tell people it's great if it's not it's not and in his case that EZV solved a lot of problems for a lot of people instant target acquisition it was great and yours is exactly the same yours does everything um, I think that the one advantage you got is that you know. You can have a lighted dot on there if you want. Um, just the way some people can deal with crosshairs in a gun and they can deal with a dot. So I think you get a lot of options with that that just adds to, to the flexibility of what you have in the site. Oh, I, you, you can definitely, I, I don't recall exactly. Did you just get the, the single dot? You know, yeah. we, there's the other scopes, you know, we can, you can change it to even a little bit smaller dot. You know, uh-huh. have 11 settings with the brightness level of that dot yeah. or, you know, even across here. But So how long has this thing been out there in the field where you've been testing it? You've been testing it for like a year or two before you decide to make like a commercial version for sale of it or how, how do you do that? Well, we've been, we're shooting our actual bracket for about a year and a half. But we've been using, you know, the actual the red dot, but we just couldn't adjust it for, uh-huh. for thirty years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one thing you 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 notice you you can notice with shooting the red dot if you have an issue with your bow, yeah. All of a sudden, you're gonna be like, I can't see my dot. Yep, exactly. You know, when we went before we went to Iowa, 
my wife accidentally knocked all the bows off the table. They're all on stands. <laughs> and I said, well, just pick them up and draw them. If the dot's not centered, we messed it up. Yeah. And uh, there, there was no issue with them. So. Yeah, that, that, that's a big deal with this because, I mean, most people have a problem with torquing. And this seems to to be an instant torque indicator and tell you if it's if it's uh, if it's happening, and because if it is happening, you're just not going to see it. And there have been a lot of things that have come up, like a rear sight for a bow that someone came up with a few years ago. Um, all kinds of things. There was another one that I forget the name of it, but it mounted onto your riser, and if you were talking the bow, then you couldn't see the little circle on there. Um, otherwise, it would fall out of line. There's a lot of things people have tried, but none of them have actually been simple enough where, because even if you do something like that, you still have to take your eye off it and then put it back on the pin. But with this, it's the actual pin that tells you if you're torquing or not, because if the pin's not there, guess what? You're you're torquing, Um, which is, you know, all of that put into one. Um, So I I guess the pretty much where where we want to really – give people an idea about this. I know you've got a couple of videos that you've been working on that you put on your site that explain how it works. Um, but from the very, very basics of it, how long do you think it takes someone to set it up? What's the setup process and what differs between sitting, setting this up and setting up a regular bow site? Yeah. yeah. Of course I'm, I'm biased cause I've done it so many times, you know, <laughs> you might, you might probably can speak to as someone new, but you know, Obviously, when you're good at it, you can probably set up in 10 or 15 minutes, yeah. you know, but certainly less than a half an hour. There's really, it's just bolting it on, mm-hmm. you know, taking, uh, there isn't, once it's, once it's on and that scope is new out of the box, the scope, the dot is already center. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really you probably only have to, you can, you know, pull it back, look through the dot and see it. Well, am I really off if I'm not torquing? Um, and just, Maybe you got to move the dot over 10 clicks or something to get it perfectly centered. Yeah. And, and you're really sighted in before, almost before you start shooting it. Yeah. That, that, that was a big deal with this that we noticed. I mean, the first time that I think I spent more time trying to figure out how to put the site together and then get onto the bow. Yeah. You know, we, (laughs) we make it a video, you know, and I, that I probably struggle with that the best way to tell somebody, you know, and, um, but really you just take the knob off and slide it apart and, <laughs> and just bolt the base on. But I always bolt the base on as high as I can to give me clearance from the arrow. Yeah. Um, and you can always, you know, move it down a little bit if you want to change your anchor point a little higher on your face. But. Yeah. Cause I, I remember when you first sent it to me and you know, there, there was a delay between the time you sent it to me and me actually getting to shoot. Cause we, we got such bad weather uh, that came in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we got hit by snowstorm after snowstorm. I'm like, I need to try this outside. And I couldn't even make it to my indoor range because the weather was that bad. Um, then we had some other stuff come up and some losses in the family and stuff like that. I'm like, I just want to get this thing tried out and see what happens. But then it was like, well, the wait was worth it because it actually proved to be true what we were trying to do. Um, but my my big deal was, you know, I have one, one, one kid that, that we work with. Um, she's 10 and a half going on 11 and her, her biggest problem that she, she has very, very poor eyesight. Um, when we set up her, her bow that she's shooting now, um, you know, she's been getting stronger or whatever, but we have a quarter inch peep on there. 
And still to this day, her tar- target acquisition is kind of slow. So when I put, you know, because I moved the site from one person's boat to another to another, and since they all shoot PSE stingers, it was pretty easy to do. Um, yep. But I, I moved it over to her to her her bow and set it up for in two minutes. And I said, okay, um, let's give it a shot. She says, I don't know if I can see it or not. And I said, just try it. Just just have a little faith. Give, give it a try. And um, now she's been shooting about 20, 22 yards max, and she gets big groups at 22 yards. And we put her on that, and she was like, I can see the target really easy. I said, okay, so just put the put the dot right on the middle of the target and just do your regular thing. And I think she had like a three-inch group immediately at 20 yards, and she shot, shot it maybe 20 times. And by the time she was done shooting at that 20th arrow, she was basically hitting arrows together. And I have never yeah. seen her do that. And I'm like, oh, this is different. And the fact that she didn't have to look for the peep or actually focus and squint looking through a peep, that really, really helped her. So her parents are like, uh, yeah, let, let's look at getting something like this for her. I said, yeah, well, what's going to happen is um, just just let, let's let see how, how this thing does with everybody else, and then we'll talk about how we can get you one and all that. So what we're going to do is um, I'm going to shoot it for the turkey season and just so I can get something probably on film with it, that sort of thing. And then um, I if if you don't want this thing back, I will actually give it to her so she can have it for herself. Um, no. the, you know, I, that I just, would be cool. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to wind up doing. And she, she's looking at things. The last time I saw her was a uh, day before yesterday. And she said to me, um, so, uh, am, am I going to get to try that site again? I'm like, yes, you can. Cause I have a little range here in my house that when they come and they practice indoor with me here, we have a big range in New Jersey, but when they come practice indoor range at my house over here, um, she, she always asked me, like, can I put that on my bow? Can I put that on my bow? I'm like, yeah. So right now it's hanging on her bow in my in my little shop over here. And uh, she just, she's coming back tomorrow. She can't wait to shoot it again. So I'm like, don't worry. You get to shoot it again. She doesn't want to shoot anything else. I, I show her the regular yeah. stuff. She's like, I don't want to go back to that. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, relax. The fact that you can unbolt it and just put it, put it on another bow so easily, I think is what makes this thing so special yeah. for it too. Plus, it's hard as you know, hard as iron to to do anything to it. Um, I, I just see it as a way to give more, bring more people to the sport, and not for nothing, it also is a way to bring other people um, into compound because a lot of times, you know, compound is one of those things. Well, I don't want to have to learn how to shoot with pins, but if they learn how to shoot with this, I think it'll make it a lot easier for them. And like you said, originally the, the first one was designed for a night of bows or something like that. Um, that's, that's as close to a recurve as you can get uh, for the original, yeah. some, the original yeah. Oneidas. So I, I could ask someone, someone actually, you know, some of the, um, some of the recurves that they make right now, they're actually tapped for sites. And they were asking me if you could put that on one of the recurves. I'm like, I don't know why you want to do it, but if there's ever a site you can do it with, this would be the one. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it'd be the same. They probably would end up saying, thinking that, boy, that's pretty close to what I was doing before. <laughs> and so, someone actually asked me if they can go bow fishing with this thing. I'm like, I don't know. We, we put, we have them on our, uh, my son and I is really no different. Really? You know, you're shooting with both eyes. You're shooting with both eyes open, you know, yeah. really for, for, for bow fishing, you just use a fixed, a fixed one. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't need the adjustable version. You just, 
you're not shooting that far. So even with little kids yeah. who don't want to get out there and, you know, spend a ton of money, yeah. use, a, use a fixed bracket. So so you have multiple versions of this? You have a fixed and you have a movable? Yeah. Um, they originally had the fixed ones, you know, so we're like, yeah. oh, we'll, we'll, we'll make more fixed ones uh-huh. because it, it, it's kind of a price point thing for, you know, someone that's just beginning that doesn't want to go out and spend, you know, Two hundred seventy-five dollars just on the on the bracket itself. Yeah, can just get a just a plate, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Then and the only I think that's kind of important too because, like, when I, I I get two types of people coming to me learning how to shoot as a coach. I get people who just want to hunt, and I got people who want to learn how to target shoot. And when it comes to the you know like someone bringing me their kids because they want to learn how to hunt, um, I'm kind of old school with this. And what I'll do is I'll be like, okay, fine. Um, your bow's going to have one pin in it. And I drop all the other pins out. And I have only a single pin and set it 20 yards. So now if this site's able to be set at 20 yards with a fixed bracket, one, it opens it up to a lot more people who, you know, who are yeah. who learn the way I teach it because you learn how to use that 20-yard pin and how to guess, you know, how much lower or higher you have to put it at 30, how much lower or higher you have to put it at 10. And Kids with a 20-yard pin, I've taught them to shoot up to 40, 45 yards with the same pin. So now they have yeah. the opportunity to use this and can do the same thing with it, and it makes it that much more affordable for them. I'm sure they'll go for that sort of thing, and it still keeps the yeah. same principle. Yeah, that's the – I mean, we use the fixed bracket for, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm t- we had a little different one, you know, that I've had, but for 20 years, that's all I had was a fixed one. Yeah. And – and if you know, for the most part, setting that in at twenty yards mm-hmm. with a lot of modern bows, there's not a lot of difference to thirty. Yeah, so yeah, I think pretty, all pretty in all, it, it's going to make you know having the, the the two different options for it are going to give you a lot of lot of access to different people who normally you know would be priced out of it, but now they have the fixed one and they can do that. Um, it, it it just seems to open up a world of options to people. So. They they can either buy a fixed bracket by itself. They can buy the movable bracket by itself. They have their own, or they can buy from the you know one with with the site itself with with the uh, red dot site. And you offer different options. So when's the next show you're gonna be going to where where people can see this sort of thing in person? We will be in Wisconsin Dells on the last weekend in March. I think it's March 26th to the mm-hmm. 28th, and we'll be at some other ones with. Um, we just have to figure it out, you know, mm-hmm. what what else is coming so, up. You know? So you're going to keep selling this thing direct? You don't have any plans going to any, you know, retail outlets? No, we, we 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 really want to put it in the hands of of good boat dealers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we, we realized at the show, people don't, not everyone wants to put it on themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, no, we have to put it in the hands of dealers mm-hmm. um, and let them do it. So let them set it up the right you know, way for them to begin with. They're going to have to set it up. You know, um, it, it's not difficult, but um, it's just not everybody wants to do it that way. Yeah, so it's, it's no, like me. we hope to get yeah. a bunch of, mm-hmm. you know, dealers set up for that. Yeah. Cause like I'm a PSE dealer, so you can go and you can buy a PSE bow in a big box store. It doesn't know you doesn't mean that you know how to set it up. And I get a lot of people come to me like, well, I bought this bow over here. Can you set it up for me? Like, yeah, sure. No problem. I'll set it up for you. And I'm sure there's going to be one of the same things like that where if they order it from you, I'll just have, you know, my students or whatever or people that I know at the range 
let them order it directly, and they want to bring it to me to get it set up. I'll set it up for them. It's not a big deal. So you have, you know, the, we understand that. You know, the dealers got to make money on it, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're going to make be able to make some money at the they have brick and mortar to pay for. So, mm-hmm. um, but but, but it, the but point, the big yeah. thing is get it out there, mm-hmm. and I think the best way to get it out there is have it in people's shops. So when when customers come in, mm-hmm. they can shoot it, and and really the proof is in that when they shoot it. Yeah, because I mean, if they if they can actually see it, like pick up a bow that just has to be sitting there, like. And immediately see, oh wait a minute, I can I can shoot this on a bow that's not even mine, and you know, and automatically yeah. acquire the target. That's that's a big deal. That's something that you can't do in archery because, with the exception of a Genesis bow, most people, you know, it's got a you know, a universal draw length. Most people can't pick up somebody else's stuff and shoot accurately with it. And now you've got right. a sight that once it's set up, pretty much anybody can shoot with it, which you know yeah. is an angle I didn't even think about, but. Now, now that I really do realize it, like this opens up a world of stuff, you know, to people who want to share, share equipment in the family. Cause I mean, with the financial times we got right now, I'm, you know, people can't afford to buy all the stuff and then like, you know, each and every person has to have their own setup. But if it's like for recreation purposes, especially like you brought up bow, bow fishing and stuff like that, I'm sure that, you know, there could be a bow set up for the family and they can all use it. You know, that, that's what I'm yeah, looking and, at. With and this. really we have people that are just buying the bracket that have used the fixed bracket since, yeah. you know, for the last 20 some years mm-hmm. and they're using that same red dot site yeah. and they're just upgrading so they can, so they can have the adjustable part of it. And this is no different. It's, it's really it's the last site you'll ever buy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's definitely built like that. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. It's just, it's just tough. And if anything, I guess as as time goes by, you'll continue to add refinements to it here and there. To, to yeah, make we, it we just tweak little stuff here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're doing some stuff. With, you know, if we want to, you know, people want it customized a little bit towards them. You know, we can do it. Yeah, I mean that that you know, I showing it to different people. The 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 only other thing that came up to me is like. Well, are they going to make a camo version of this? I'm like, really? Do you care what color this site is? <laughs> I'd like to do it. I just it's a little tough. Yeah. Because we we hard anodize it yeah. because we don't want that wearing off, mm-hmm. and uh, you know there, there's those detents on the inside. We, we don't need to put in any marks in aluminum. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I told people I, I said, you know, I'm sure if if they could dip it, they would, but it wouldn't be as as durable a finish as what they have on it right now. I think you just have to dur- the dip the out the exterior portion, yeah. the inside part where it slides. Mm-hmm. Just, just it not that, but yeah. That, that would be cool. I mean, they can do a lot of cool things with, uh, you know, we can, you know, um, Cerakote it, yeah. which is very smooth and shiny, but it's not quite as durable as hard anodized. Yeah. No, I, I look at the quality and I look at the way it came out and I'm like, this thing is, th- this is meant for someone who's going to hunt really hard on it or who's just going to want something that's going to last them. And that yeah. to me means a lot. Cause like I said, I've seen other sites that you, you just, you know, run your finger across him, you can scratch the finish off of it. This is not one of those things. Um, so uh, I, I think it's, I think you're on the path to ha- putting something out there that people are going to be, are going to find once they get over the initial, like, oh, what's that? Because, I mean, not for nothing. Some people are not open to going the non-traditional way away from a regular pin site. Um, just trying to get people to use a slider site sometimes is a challenge. I can imagine what it must be like when they look at you and they see this site, they, 
they look at you like you have your head on backwards because that's the way they were looking at me at first. <laughs> They're like, what is that? And I'm like, no, don't knock it till you try it, you know? And, yeah. and, and then they looked at it and they're like, wow. You know, so it's really getting to break the ice and let them try it. That's probably the hardest part. But um, like you said, I, I'm sure you got a lot more planned for this, a lot more exposure. We're going to try to get you out there. Now we're going to start spreading this thing on the Instagram and put it on the Facebook and see how many people, you know, start asking me. I, we have a pretty decent following these days of people who, who follow our podcast um, and look at stuff. And they, they know that if we tested it, and it must be worth trying. Um, I've also tested yep. a lot of stuff that turned out to be garbage. And I told people yep. about it, and they're like, yeah, I don't want to do stuff like that. I'm like, well, like I said, the, yep. you know, if I'm not if I'm going to use it, it's going to be something that's worth it. But um, so where can people see your site online? Where can they find out more about it? And how can they contact you if they want to get one of these things? You can just you can go to adjustablered.com. You can see us on you know Facebook at adjustablered.com, Instagram adjustablered.com. Um, you can call me six one six two eight three five zero two four, and anytime I'll answer any question for you. Yeah, you know that that's really great, and I'm sure that uh, you probably flooded with people you know who do get this things like how do you do this, how do you do that, and you know the couple times that I've I've texted you when I first got it, you know you were just like a wealth of information sending me stuff like here, look at this, look at that. And that all helped because I, I'll be honest, when, when I first looked at it in the box, I was like, okay, I got to figure out how to put you this know, thing together. Now. We, we get a lot of that stuff. So we're, we're like, you guys got to put out a couple of little, you know, so we'll put out a few more little short videos on those, those little tiny, uh, you know, tips here and there that they're not difficult, but you know, after switching it so many times, mm-hmm. you, you kind of probably have figured out, uh, this is what I kind of needed to know. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no doubt. Once I think once you successfully put it together the first time, it's all it takes is learning how to put it together once. <laughs> and after the, the cool learn- thing you, you, you probably realize a little bit from switching it from one to the other, you really didn't other than the elevation portion of it. Yeah. Um, you know, the windage is probably pretty close to being on no matter what you change it to yeah in our case we were putting it on psc stingers and moving from one boat to the other there was like almost nothing to do and all these girls have different draw lengths and that sort of thing and they were like it's just there i'm like yep it's just there it's all good (laughs) that that's the the tough part is it it just it's just simple yeah i don't i don't some people think it's um, too simple to work. I'm like, no, it's really not. It's yeah. it, it, it's a lot going on behind the scenes, but it's simple for the shooter, and that's the part that makes the most. I, sense. I always just try to tell people it's like it's like shooting a gun with a scope. If your head's not on the stock, you mm-hmm. can't see through it. Yeah, so and that, that's you, you've got to be behind advantage. it. So I'm, you know, you you sent me some, you sent me a picture. Of, who was that? Your daughter with that big buck that she had gotten? With, did she get that with the, one of these sites? Yeah, yeah, that was in Kansas. That was at thirty yards. <laughs> and uh I, you know we hunted hard in december we we had, that was i think our second or third time in kansas and, and this that was in december our last time going out mm-hmm. so she was really pumped you know it wasn't it wasn't giant but it was it was still that was that, that was, was a trophy of, of a lifetime for a lot of guys who've been hunting it, out here in the northeast for a long time yeah i mean just to, just to how that it all went down and you know to um you know, she made a great shot and stuff it, it was just if you watch that video, you know, she kind of fell apart. <laughs> well, our congratulations to her, to you for coming up with, with, with a method that actually gets this site uh, working and, and making it reliable. 
and that making it something that actually works at different distances. That's you know, besides the fixed pin, the the movable one is going to be the one that I think really for a lot of hunters is going to open up a lot of eyes for them. But believe it yeah. or not, I think you'll probably sell more of the fixed pin ones than anything else because there's some guys who just want to be able to shoot 20 yards. They shoot 20 yards and yeah. they're good and they're happy with it. And I think if we can keep the same sight picture they're seeing in the gun that they're seeing on a bow and take the people who have vision problems and give them, offer them another another branch to keep them going, then I think it's going to work out a lot better. Uh, I, I just see this opening up a lot of doors for people. And like I said, I, I only, you know, pass on information that I think is worth it to people. This is one of those things that is not well known yet because I'm sure it's going to, I think that a product like this, when it gets the word out and people start finding out about it and they actually see people try, they see the results, I think you'll do really, really well with this. And I hope that it works out the best. And we're going to be, you know, plugging away from you for you to to get as many people into it as possible. We'll see where it goes from there. But I, I really do think that you got something here. Yeah, I think it's going great. You know, we're, we should be at ATA next year. So, If um, there is an ATA, which hopefully this should should be an ATA. <laughs> yeah, we, we hope so. Yeah, you yeah. didn't get into the virtual one this year, but you got just uh, – I, I think that in the ATA, it, it, it won't be one of those little gimmicky things that shows up over there. People are already going to know about it by the time you get there and uh, yeah. get get their hands on to see it. And then, of course, as everything else, you'll come up with little improvements here and there, and we'll see what happens. But uh, thanks for joining us for this one. Uh, like I said, we'll, All right, we'll, I be in it. we'll be in touch again, and we'll – We'll continue to put out some some more pictures and more photos of this as we're doing it. Um, if you come out with anything else, any additions to it, whatever, just let me know so we can we can let our listeners know about it because I'm sure they're going to start you know sending you some questions about it. And we'll we'll see what goes on with that. And as you as you go to different shows, I'm sure I'm sure more more people are going to see it. We're going to take it from there. So um, to all our listeners, thanks for, for listening to another podcast. As always, you can find us at highpowerarchery.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. If you have any questions, just send us an email to highpowerarchery at gmail.com. And as always, uh, like we always say, it's never goodbye. It's until we see you next time. So for now, stay safe and shoot straight. And thanks for joining us, folks. <laughs>